Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host Kelly Priest, and this episode I think is possibly one of our most important episodes so far. So in this episode I'm going to be talking to one of our wonderful doctoral graduates from the University of Exeter, Dr Catherine Tolbert, who is now a lecturer in psychology at the University of Bournemouth, all about failure and rejection and about how it's a perhaps unseen and under-discussed area of academic life and one we hope by the end of this conversation we can normalise a little bit for you. Yeah, so my name is Catherine Talbot and I actually did my PhD at the University of Exeter and finished a few years ago in medical studies. Um, but now I'm a lecturer in psychology at Bournemouth University. Most of my research is in the area of cyber psychology. So I specifically focus on social media um, and how people with dementia use it, the barriers they face, the challenges, and also the benefits. So what we're gonna talk about is failure and rejection. And we're gonna sort of undermine those terms as we talk, but you know, acknowledging, I think that for a lot of people that by the time they get to a research degree, they tend to have been high flyers throughout their academic education. They tend to have been people that have done really well and been really successful and not necessarily having had experience of, quote unquote, failing or being rejected for something. Um, and then when that does start to happen through publications, through funding, through conferences, various different things, it can be a really difficult thing but at the same time it's it is a kind of cornerstone of the academic experience so I wondered if you could say something about your kind of first ex your ex first experiences of, of sort of failure or rejection as an academic whether as a PhD student or as a lecturer and, um, and really what that what it was and what that felt like to you if that's okay yeah, of course. Um, I guess by now I feel a bit like an expert in failure and rejection, to be honest. Um, so I, I just really identify with what you were saying there. So when I first came to my research programme as a PhD student, you know, I'd done really well at university, was, um, had a placement year, was looking to publish a paper, all very exciting stuff. So I didn't really have that experience of rejection. And then it came to my PhD and submitting a paper um, to, to a journal for the first time. And yeah, just <laughs> having the reviewers comments back um, and then really just really tearing that paper apart of something that I just put my heart and my soul into. And I remember receiving those comments and just crying, just going and having a little cry and thinking, I'm the worst researcher ever, I can't do this, I'm going to fail at my PhD, everyone, you know, and just completely catastrophizing really from there. Um, but yeah, I'd say I've got much better at dealing with that now. 
yeah I as you're saying that I'm remembering um and this always comes back to my memory randomly the first time so when I started my research degree I submitted um part of my master's publication at my sort of supervisor's suggestion and it got rejected and I read about two sentences of the feedback and it was it felt so brutal I didn't want to read anymore so I filed it in my email and by the time I got up the courage to try and read it it had been archived and I couldn't get it back so I never actually read the feedback I just literally like I couldn't handle it so I dug my head in the sand and just was like no I'm not going to deal with this I'm not going to think about it which so difficult though it is so so difficult especially how those emails start as well you just think oh I'm, a, I'm rubbish I'm the worst yes and it very much like and that's the thing I think it's it's twofold it very much feels like a personal failure um mm. and like you catastrophize and like you say you think oh I'm not going to be able to, I'm, oh, I can't do a PhD I can't do it because you know because of this one thing where they've said no not this time essentially you mm. you know you you feel like everything is over and you can't do any of it which of course is not true but it feels so real at the time it feels so overwhelming yeah definitely and also you do I've noticed I do tend to focus on the negatives as well that are in there so even if I receive um well, as an example, actually, I, I wrote a paper recently, which got accepted for publication, but I didn't actually realise it had been accepted because I picked up on all of the negative comments within the review. I didn't read that one sentence that was like, if you make these changes, I'm happy to accept it. It just, it says something really significant about our mindset um, and, and the way that we're the, the way that we're both used to and respond to critique we're all it's that kind of perfectionism and imposter syndrome I think like we're always assuming that we're going to get found out and so we're always trying to like looking for the negatives and looking for the flaws and not necessarily looking for the sentence that says we, 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 we want to accept this for publication yeah exactly exactly we're always looking for that critique and that criticism and I think it's, it is important to go back to the idea of kind of of it feeling like a a personal failure because one of the things that I always try and say to people is you know you you have to try and and I'm not saying I can do this or I'm good at it by the way but you have to try and take a step back and realize that even though you put your heart and soul and all of this work into your publications or applications or anything that you're doing that is not you and that is not the sum of you and so when that is rejected for whatever reason that isn't a rejection of you it's a reje rejection of whatever is on that piece of paper the tiniest snapshot yeah I agree and it can just feel so personal that this is an issue with you as a person as you as a student as well when actually you know they're just critically appraising the work which is what they're meant to do and there will be some good bits in there. Usually reviewers do add some nice little positive bits as well, or ultimately just seeing this as, right, I can take this information and I can go and improve my work. Because um, people, they have taken the time to, to look at your work, to engage with it and to provide comprehensive feedback. So 
I think viewing it more in that way as well. But I think what you said there, Kelly, um, was really interesting, actually, because I think maybe this relates to how we see ourselves as PhD students as well, because I know at that point in my life, that was such a big part of who I was as a person, was being a PhD student. And that's kind of how I evaluated myself. So when having that negative feedback or that experience of rejection, it can be quite hard not to take it personally because that's such a big part of who you are. Um, like I was saying at the start, I think if you're if you've been like really academically successful, and most people, you know, it, that come sort of lead, certainly through a traditional route to a research degree or a PhD have have been, um, you know, you're not you're not used to it. You're not used to um, not doing well at things, and it's a privileged position to be in. But it's still, you, you know, it it's a learning process of how to deal with critique and how to deal with rejection and how to turn that into into the positive that you're talking about actually turn that into okay how do I use this to improve my work to make it better rather than just going kind of falling into an existential hole of why am I doing this why aren't you know I'm not I'm not good enough to do this um so I wondered if you could say a little bit about how you know a few years on how you deal with any kind of failure or rejection in your professional life now, like, you know, compared to that first paper when you started the PhD, if you have something now, what do you do? How do you try and, and, and respond to it in a sort of more, perhaps a more positive way? And how, and how do you cope with the emotions that you feel associated with it? Yeah, so it is difficult. And I will say that I think I've got better with time and just kind of as you get more experience of it and this rejection unfortunately being quite a normal part of academia you do you do kind of get a little bit used to it I guess um but it's still hard when you spend lots of time on on something and you get that rejection and you know initially what I found is I do feel upset or I feel angry. So what I do is I read through the rejection letter. So if it's a paper, I'll look through the reviews um, and then I'll just allow myself to feel the emotions that I'm feeling, right? We shouldn't be suppressing those emotions, just accepting how I'm feeling. And then I just move those reviews to a different folder in my inbox. And I think, right, I'll return to those in a couple of days. And what I found actually is that when I return to that, those reviews in a few days, they seem, um, they make a lot more sense and they, you know, they seem a, a bit kinder than when I initially read them. So I find that as one helpful thing to do. Yeah, I think that's really crucial and really important is letting yourself feel that, letting yourself have an emotional response to it particularly as you put so much into you know whether you're writing an article or you're putting together a funding application you know these are colossal pieces of work um that you dedicate a huge amount of time and yourself to and to then get that email as it tends to be now that says no is it's really hard um but as you as you rightfully said unfortunately 
it is a sort of not it's a normal thing in academic life it's a mainstay you know the nature of what we do is you try things whether that's you know particular research or you know trying to publish something or trying to get some funding you know you try things sometimes you win sometimes you lose and given how competitive it is unfortunately you tend to lose more than you win and that's normal yeah i was going to just add to that actually that i've and and this is the same for professors and you know world leaders in the field they have um submitted they have had far more grants rejected than they've had accepted right and that's certainly the case for me um you know it's just the nature of it and it's about almost being able to just dust yourself off and say right what can i do with this information to improve and to succeed in the future absolutely because there will be something in there some nugget of wisdom that you can take forward with you to the next one and you know it is a little bit of a revolving door of right not that journal let's look at the feedback let's look what they said and let's you know let's try again somewhere else and it is a bit like that and sometimes it's just that it's not it's not the right place it's not the right time you know it, the research isn't quite developed in you know the ideas aren't quite developed enough it's all sorts all sorts of reasons none of which are anything to do with you or your ability as a researcher yeah i was just going to add as well there is it's also recognized in that there is that element of luck there as well and that's something i've certainly found so as a qualitative researcher submitting to journals it's the most frustrating thing where you get someone who uses quantitative methods reviewing your stuff and just doesn't understand it and therefore you know suggests that it's rejected and then it gets rejected so maybe also think about is is this fair is it is it fair or is it that i need to find somewhere else to send this somewhere that's um understands what i'm doing a little bit more and like you say you know there's an element of luck in this and timing there's an element of uh, i mean it's hugely competitive i remember when i was an undergrad applying for funding for my masters and i applied to the arts and humanities research council the ahrc for funding and my application got rated excellent priority for an award and i did not get any money <laughs> because the there were so many applicants. I was just going to say it is just so competitive with all of these grants, fellowships, and there's lots of really excellent researchers all applying for the same funding with excellent proposals. And just the chance of success is so, so low. Yeah, and that's not and, and I say that not to discourage people, but just just to recognize the reality of it and i say the same with academic jobs as well you know i see a lot of of pgrs coming through and applying for postdocs or for lectureships and you know not getting interviews or getting interviews and, and not getting the roles and saying oh you know they gave it to someone and they've got x number more publications than me or they've done this more conference presentations or they had funding for their PhD. you know 
and kind of starting to do this <laughs> do this exercise of right these are the things that I've done and these are the things that they've done and these are all of the ways they've done things they've done more things than I have and they've done better things than I have and the thing that always strikes me when people do that is that they write this list of all the things somebody else has done that they haven't and they don't think about the things that they've done that somebody else hasn't and the experience that they have that somebody else hasn't they totally devalue what they have and go well that person's better because they've done x y and z and I haven't done that um, yeah that's such a good point I'm definitely guilty of that it's and it's hard not to do it mm. because, but you know there's all sorts of reasons why that person might be the person that gets a job review they they may have all of those things because they're more because they're further along you know they may be three years out of their research degree and you're only one so they've they've had more experience they've had more time you know that's not a reflection on you that's just the reality of having had more time to develop those things but, yeah exactly and we can't just judge people just based on these singular criteria when we're all from different, I guess, diff different disciplines. We have different approaches to doing research. Uh, it's you just can't really compare yourself, I don't think, either. No. And it's it's you know, it's like we said about the kind of, you know, an article or an application being a snapshot, you know, a job application. Again, it's just a snapshot. What what's on a piece of paper, an online form is not the sum of everything that you are. And somebody's got to make a judgment based on what is what they have in front of them, which is so far from the sum of a researcher's parts. You know, it's it's so far from representative of all that that person is and all that they can do. Um, and so they're not, you know, they're not judging that person A is better than person B, they're looking at what they've got on a piece of paper to make a decision. And it's not a judgment on an individual and it doesn't mean that that person's better than you. It just means like you say, they fit a set of criteria and it was on, it was on the form that they needed. You know, it's, 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 it's a strange way to make decisions, but it is nonetheless the way that we do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just on that point about jobs, I guess before my um, first postdoc, I applied, well, I had interviews for three positions before actually getting that one. So yeah, getting rejected from these positions is completely normal. And actually, I think some of it as well is learning what to expect in, in an interview and actually learning how to write those job applications, which I've certainly got better at now. And how to emphasize your skills and how to show that you do fit this criteria so that when a person goes through those forms they can just tick yes they meet this criteria yes they've published paper um, and just really trying to sell yourself I guess in the best possible way yeah and and try and capture what you, you know that that thing that makes you unique you know the thing that you know so and so might have x number more publications than you but what do you have that they don't do you have more teaching experience that they than they do because actually if you're applying for an academic role that might depending on what the need is in the department at that time that might be more valuable to them yeah exactly such a good point and also when applying for the postdocs you, 
your topic area might be a better fit than someone else. And, um, you know, it's, and, and also in terms of what other skills do you have in terms of networking, what kind of, what wider network do you bring to the role? You might have some fantastic contacts um, and collaborations. Do you have experience with science communication? And um, think about those other skills as well that aren't just publications, because especially if you're applying for a postdoc, you'll be publishing while doing the postdoc and you will get guidance and advice on that. Absolutely. And, you know, it's important to remember that with all of these applications, none of it is a finished product. You know, it's not a finished researcher, you know, put in a box, tied up with a bow, perfect number of publications, perfect number of um, postdocs held. It's, it's all a process and you will develop within whatever role you end up getting and you and that will give you the opportunity to develop those things and to develop your publications and and be on funding bits and and all of those sorts of things i wondered if you could say something about what i guess what you've learned from the process of failure so you know we've said it's a common part of the academic experience you get rejected and you get rejected more times than you'll get accepted but so what what have you learned along the way so well we've already touched on not taking it too personally i've i've learned that and um, i've also learned that about the it being a common experience so for example i've recently started collaborating with this amazing big deal researcher and they were sharing their experiences of failure actually and talking about all of these grants they've submitted and none of them getting funded and I thought wow okay so it actually is a common experience that people who are these superstars are also experiencing it too. I think that that's really important and and so you know there being an openness and talking about failure is really important because the more we talk about it, the more we normalise it and the more we create an environment that says, actually, you know, this is normal. This is something we're going to go through. Um, and. There are ways there are ways to cope with it and, you know, that you have a community around you who've been through exactly the same things. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's something that I try to talk about on academic Twitter um, quite a bit is talking about experiences of rejection and being quite open about that. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes academic Twitter can make you feel quite rubbish because you see all of these people doing amazing things and yeah. you sometimes think, ah, I'm not doing that. But there are a lot of people speaking openly about rejection and failure on there. And it's such a good community, particularly for PhD students, I think. So definitely recommend making use of that. Yeah, and like like you say, I mean, because Twitter has historically been a kind of um, a publicity tool, let's say, for for academics, it can make you feel inferior. But but increasingly, there's more and more discussion of the realities, I guess, of being an academic and things like failure. And there's been an increase we've seen in people publishing failure CVs. So the kind of opposite of a CV, all of the things that you failed at or all of the things that you've been rejected from, 
to kind of bring to the surface actually the thing the thing that you would submit to um, you know for a job application is all the positive things but like you say there's all of the kind of the rejections and the failures behind that which outnumber you know the things that you would put on a cv for an employer and i think that that's it's just really healthy to be for people to be sharing that openly and making it clear that this is normal and not just saying it's normal but like you were saying with working with a more senior researcher really showing and demonstrating in reality that it is perfectly normal yeah, exactly. And I think what I've learned the most is you've got to keep them up your motivation despite that. And it can be so hard. But if you've got a grant application that hasn't been funded, yeah, that's rubbish. But think, right, where can I send this now? What is there there that's still useful that will help me to grow as a researcher and really improve my skills? How can we still do this? Um, despite this rejection are there other avenues and really thinking about those sort of things you know if you mm. if you submit an article to a journal the worst thing that happens is that you're going to be outright rejected but you will get feedback of how to improve mm. so there's always that kind of sense of you of being able to move move it forward yeah, and I think realising as well that people say who do these reviews, generally, I'm not going to say everyone, but generally people do want to be constructive and they do want to help. And there is this push as well now to be a lot kinder in reviews as well. So I know a lot of editors are giving that as outright guidance, but realising that these people, they have spent their time on it and they're very often experts in that area so it is a way for you to improve and to develop and you know what if we're thinking about a publication then you can actually end up with a much better publication as a result of that so I know some of my own work um, from when I've submitted it to the first journal compared to say the third one the paper changes so much and it's so much better and I'm much happier with it with that final submission. So, and uh, something else I was thinking, which I find really helpful, if I'm really annoyed about some reviewers' comments, I will just meet up with my friends, say, go to the pub, go to a cafe, have a video call during COVID, and I will just rant about it for a good half an hour, an hour, get it all out of my system, and then I'll think, oh, okay, I feel a lot better now and ready to tackle that. Exactly how we'd process anything else. And I think that's what we've got to, you know, got to remember that it's how you'd process any other kind of emotional knockback. If you had an argument with somebody or someone's done something to annoy you, that's exactly what you would do. You would go and sit in a pub with your friends and go, oh, my, oh, my God, you'll never believe what just happened. And that is cathartic. Exactly. And it's so important. I really value that pub time. <laughs> Exactly. And that's why our um, that's why our communities are uh, of practice and, and, and kind of communities of peers are so important because actually they're the ones that kind of nurture us and sustain us, share their experiences with us, you know, and say, you know, it's shit. I've been through this, too, um, and kind of commiserate you when 
the failures and the rejections come in, but also celebrate you with you when the when the successes happen. And I find that other people are very good at when you're kind of wallowing in self-pity, um, which I consider to be very myself to be very, very good at is other people are very good at going, um, but what about that thing that you did that's really good? What about that thing you did that's really good? And getting yourself a group of, of colleagues and a group of people that will do that for you is, I think, so important as part of the academic experience. Yeah, so basically find your cheerleaders, find them, they're out there and they'll be experiencing exactly the same stuff that you are every pretty much everyone is experiencing those feelings of failure of rejection so you just need to find your cheerleaders and you can be theirs in turn as well thank you so much to Catherine for taking the time to speak to me but also for her candor and honesty about what are actually quite difficult experiences to talk about but also admit to because it's not in academic culture to talk about these things so I really value her honesty both in this discussion but also on Twitter and that's it for this episode don't forget to like rate and subscribe and join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers development and everything in between